Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. In Milwaukee Sports Talk Radio, there are the issues that we all talk about. And you who have the final say. This is your show. It's Kim and Lavoy. Judgment Day. If you have been arrested for drunk driving or any other criminal defense, call Kim and Lavoy 262-796-1400. That's 262-796-1400. Or go to KimandLavoy.com. Kim and Lavoy, they're your best defense. Now, the Rami and Tim Show. It is the new Rami and Tim show, weekdays 2 to 6, part of that big new lineup. You just heard Big Voice Guy talk about. You also heard Big Voice Guy say it's a Kim and LaVoy judgment day. Indeed, it is our Kim and LaVoy judgment of the day is what should the new name of this here show be. You have four choices. It's come down really to two of those four choices, though. You didn't like, um, what was it? You didn't like Makloff and Allen. I just closed the screen. I'm an idiot. You didn't like uh, the two at two. So it's come down to Rami and the franchise, the Joker and the Smoker, both right around 42, 43% with a couple hours left in the voting. And results of that vote are not yet binding. We have to clear all the hoops and hurdles that you have to with a decision like this one. We're going to catch up with Mike Clemens, our green and gold insider, coming up at 535 here on the show. What, we, what you got there, Timmy? Yeah, it, it, um, it's interesting with the new lineup, guys. Just You're just getting out of work, cruising home. You know, you're used to hearing the big show. Uh, you will hear the big show 10 to 2 uh, here on the fan moving forward. Uh, it's Rami Makloff, myself, Tim, here 2 to 6. But it's interesting with our lineup that Ryan Horvath has his own show that doesn't even have his name on it. I mean, I, that, that to me, Ryan gets no love around here. And I would like to just step out on, on, a, on a limb here and just invite Ryan Horvath anytime he wants to come on and talk betting. Because I will tell, tell you this. Uh, been around wanna, a lot. That's, of, that's what this is all leading to. You need another degenerate to talk to. True. Because I don't and, gamble. And, you need and another degenerate in the, in the booth. Okay. I mean, a, a I lot know, of people I know. do. They, they do, and, and we have uh, lots of um, information for you. But I will say this: in all, in all my years of sports gambling, I'm not a, a huge gambler. I, you know, I, I'm a wimpy gambler. When you look at the the amount of money I play, I do play a lot, but I just low volumes, you know, that sort of thing. Ryan Horvat is one of the two single best, most successful gamblers I've run across in my life. I agree. I'm I 100% agree. I see him posting his results on Twitter all the yep. time. The dude, the dude cleans up, man, for sure. So I don't know if there's a way we can get you know squeeze him in there and just you know a, a Horvath. You want to make uh, a segment? We need we need a catchy name for it if we're going to have yeah. a gambling segment with Ryan Horvath. You got any ideas since we're doing the whole name I, I, thing right I, now? A, a Horvath's gambling corner and House of Wax. I don't know, but we could come up with something. <laughs> um, but seriously, so he's got the show that, you know, pregame show for Bart, and uh, that's just not fair. So we need to come up, speaking of names of shows, we need to come up with something for Ryan, too. But, I mean, if if anybody deserves to have a pregame show named after him, it's our guy Bart Winkler. So I'm I'm torn here. You're right. Ryan deserves his name on something. But also, like, the Bart Winkler, pre- there should be a Bart Winkler pregame show because, damn it, he's Bart Winkler, Tim. <laughs> so then the big show would be his postgame show? 
And we're the post-post-game show. Somebody suggested that yesterday, actually, yeah. in one of our new names, the Bart Winkler post-post-game show, which I like, but I don't, I I don't do. think that that's, I don't think that's going to clear the powers that be. Hey, Tim, I said before the break that uh, Aaron, there's an Aaron Rodgers stat that I think maybe the best and most important stat in in his in the entire year of 2020 and his performance and the Packers' performance around him. And it's not the 70.7% completion percentage or the almost 4,300 yards and 48 touchdowns and five interceptions, which is just ridiculous to even read. Like, it's comical to even read that this dude has 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. But as great as all that is, as great as even his, his quarterback rating is this year, the number that stood out to me, and I just I just saw this today, to be quite honest with you. I saw this and I was like, really? That's that's amazing, dude. And that that's great for Aaron Rodgers and great for Packers fans moving forward with Aaron Rodgers and hopefully having him healthy and under center for as long as you can possibly do that. He was only sacked 20 times this season, Tim, second fewest in the league among quarterbacks who started all 16 games. That's about as remarkable and as impressive as anything else that I just read off, as almost as impressive as 48 touchdowns and five interceptions. And this is why I think that might be the best and most important stat of that season, because we saw Aaron Rodgers regress a little bit in the last, I don't know, three to four years since his first major injury. And part of that probably was, you know, some some butting of heads with Mike McCarthy and that offense getting a little bit stale. Some of that might have been, you know, Aaron Rodgers has talked about how this this offseason and being quarantined like like we all were and finding things like meditation and trying to achieve self-actualization and being a happier person and better relationships with people. Like I'm sure Aaron Rodgers being in a better mental state and being more present, being in a better emotional state, all that results in, in better, in better production and a better performance. That's across all lines of work and just across life in general, the better you are upstairs and the better you are in terms of health, the better you'll do at just, just about everything. So all that factors in, but I don't think anything factored into Aaron Rodgers' performance suffering, and I say that in air quotes because it was compared to what we got used to seeing Aaron Rodgers do. I don't know that anything led to Aaron Rodgers regressing more than taking way too many hits and suffering some big injuries, but also just being dinged up along the way. I don't know that we've seen a 100% healthy Aaron Rodgers for three or four years now, Tim, knowing how long some of those major injuries, a broken collarbone or what he had with his knee takes to actually Mm -hmm. recover and get back to being yourself, along with the hits that he's still taking and other little injuries and things that are popping up recovering from those injuries, to have Aaron Rodgers only getting sacked 20 times bodes well for this season and what he's been able to do, and it's a big part of the reason why he's been able to put up all those numbers because he's not getting sacked, but it also bodes well for the long-term health of Aaron Rodgers and therefore the long-term health of the Green Bay Packers. 20 times sacked this season, second fewest in the league among quarterbacks who started all 16 games, is a huge, huge boost and a big number for Aaron Rodgers and the Packers. It is a huge part of their success here, and and that's for a couple of factors. Um, When you compare what he went through the last few years, the tail end of the McCarthy era, I mean, those those were well documented. It was it was sort of a lame duck regime. I think people internally, this is just my opinion, people internally knew that, and they were just re- waiting for the right time to go ahead and pull the plug. I think Aaron definitely knew that, that there was a uh, relationship issue, issue allegedly in there. There was some, well, let's face it, some subpar wide receiver work in those uh, times as well. And I recall uh, a, a large contingent of Packer fans just rejoicing over, my goodness, look at Jeff Janis. Isn't he the greatest thing? He's going to be so good. Garbage. Uh, you know, the, the Jake Kumaros who can't even find a job right now. You don't have to call uh, another human being garbage. That's even Well, on the field. No, not him, he's but, pretty good but just spe- his play. He's pretty good on special teams. I'm just saying. The, good gunner. The other thing was uh, the health of an offensive line compared to back then. It's, it's you know, and even now we're, 
there's always going to be, as you say, bumps and bruises, not only for the O-line, but for, for Rodgers himself. And, and here's, here's why that stat um, stepped out now more than, more than ever before. Rodgers doesn't like to get sacked. He is so brilliant at just dump, just dump the ball. Just, just dump the ball. It frustrates the, the defensive front seven. It does. When they got him dead to rights, and he just says, nah, no, not this time, and just flips it and walks away outside the tackle box, makes sure he's got, he gets outside the tackle box, just flips it away. He's, he's amazing at it. Another factor would be um, he's getting more familiar with a Matt LaFleur system, and that really could be at the top of the list where we saw some growing pains last year going through that, that system, and, and the communication that is between Lafleur and, and Rodgers is, is – I think that has been documented too, Rami, that it did start out well. There was a ton of communication, and that I mean, to me LaFleur is – LaFleur and Rodgers both deny that and want to say that it's just the media trying to stir things up. But, yeah, I think, there's, I think there was definitely some smoke and, or some fire where that smoke was coming from. Yeah, no wouldn't you – I mean, if you're you're a, yeah. a, a early '30s Matt Lafleur, and once you you step in, and there's Aaron Rodgers, you say, "I got to work with this dude. I got a new system. How am I going to tell this guy what to do? I need to work with him for sure." Rami, don't you believe that there was some additional communication, maybe more than the normal? Is it fair to even say that? Yeah, absolutely. I was just yeah. actually I just read an article the other day at the Athletic about how both of those guys kind of. Kind of came. They 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 met in the middle in terms of what they weren't seeing eye to eye on last year, Tim, and and some of the things that Aaron Rodgers wanted in Matt Lafleur's offense, and some of the things that Matt Lafleur wanted Aaron Rodgers to do within the parameters of his offense. And both of them sort of after butting heads and probably being stubborn for a good part of last year, and you saw that offense sputter because of it. Both of those guys met in the middle and 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 started to sort of see the other guy's way of looking at things and, and you've seen the results, but Aaron Rodgers and Matt LaFleur, despite that, will tell you that whatever whatever drama or whatever controversy was stirred up last year was just a creation of the media and there was no friction between those two guys. No, and I just I think some people refuted the idea that there was additional communication. I'm just saying I I'm pretty convinced that there was in a positive way, not not a negative way. I agree with you that some media outlets did stir it up and say, "Oh boy, what's going to happen here? Are they going to butt heads?" Finally, um you, you get to the point where Years ago, Rodgers getting beat on a little bit and, and taking the sacks because he there's one thing in life he hates. He hates throwing interceptions. That's pretty clear to me that that's just not, not going to happen in abundance with Aaron Rodgers. Uh, they tried to remedy the situation with a Jamon Moore, an MVS, and an Equinemia St. Brown. Now, I, again, I, it, it's, to me, it's the – one of the, if not the only mistake this, that this organization has made in the last three years, and that is giving him a legitimate other source opposite Devontae Adams. I'm not knocking uh, Lazard at all. MVS is coming along just fine as a, as a top-end fourth receiver in the lineup. I get it uh, because you've got to work with those guys to fill out you know, a four or five wide. I understand it. And MVS, mm, greats are like, yeah, okay, fine. Everyone's got an MVS. Uh, Lazard, mm, okay, so you tried Funchess. They still, Rami, to me, and I'm not as offended now because they've, you know, they, they get results now. But I was definitely offended the last couple of years that they didn't, Gutekinds and that, that regime did not step out and sign one of these I won't say stud receivers because there's a money issue here, but at least some talent there. And I Funchess opted out, and he's full respect for that. I don't have a problem with that. But even he wasn't the answer. It should have been a named opposite Devontae. Could you imagine Tanyan in the middle now? Now it's Aaron Jones and it's Jamal Williams and A.J. Dillon in that backfield. Adams, and then you slot in MVS, and then you go Lazard, and then you go big question mark there. Boy, what a difference that would have made. But outside of that, I mean, that's, you know, the stat to look at. You're right, Rami, is, is just the 20 sacks. 
And again, not just for this year, not just what it means for this season and keeping Aaron Rodgers upright, being able to, to, to throw 48 touchdowns and five interceptions, but just keeping that guy as healthy as possible and not constantly dinged up like we've seen him for the last three or four years. You want a 100% or close to 100% Aaron Rodgers as you can possibly get as often as you can get. And you haven't seen that, like I said, for the last three or four years. It's probably not the only reason we haven't seen Aaron Rodgers at his best, but it certainly probably has a little something something to do with it. Did you see what Aaron Rodgers is going to be doing soon, though, Tim? Did you catch that? Uh Uh-uh. I'm jealous of Aaron Rodgers. He confirmed on the Pat McAfee show today that uh, he's going to be doing a guest spot hosting an episode of Jeopardy coming up in the near future. (laughs) I've always, always wanted to be a game show host. I know, like I... Like Tim said earlier, I do some stand-up comedy on the side here, and like every stand-up comedian, they want that Netflix deal or that HBO deal or the sitcom or whatever. I just want a game show host job, man. That's all I want. I want to be Steve Harvey or Drew Carey on The Price is Right. I've always wanted to, but Jeopardy, that's a whole nother ball game, Timmy. That's not like that's not like you know The Price is Right or The Family Feud where it's all fun and games. Jeopardy. You got to be on your game to host yes. Jeopardy. You got to you got to know your stuff and and be into it and be on top of it the whole time to really host Jeopardy properly. Now, do we believe that Aaron Rodgers is like like smart intellectually, street civilian smart, or do we just believe that yeah. he's like brilliant computer bank upstairs with regards to football? No, he won an episode of Celebrity Jeopardy back in 2015. He won $50,000 for the Mac Fund. No, dude is legitimately smart. Okay. Like, can retain information. Like, like, like a vault, dude. Yeah, no, Aaron Rodgers is... I would like to see what that dude's IQ is. It's probably off the charts. I don't like seeing any of this. I'm a Bears fan if you're new to the station and new to me. But the dude is incre- It's like crazy off the charts intelligent and retains information... Like, very few people can. I don't know if he'll be a good game show host, because it takes more than that. It takes some personality and some fun, which is why I'd be right. good at it, Tim Allen. But I think Aaron Rodgers, uh, he's, he's got some of that going for him. He's got where, some where of does, Where does he get his motivation then? I mean, obviously, the, the motivation, we touched on that a little while ago, uh, you know, is, is winning, is, uh, is the motivation um, derived from the, the love pick is it derived from i need to be in the conversation because i think championships help conversation of of the best of all time uh is it that uh, some people say well he's single now i i don't know that to be true but i oh god find it hard to believe that i'm just telling you what i'm hearing um maybe is 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 clock nfl life clock is is ticking so maybe it's all of these factors but i find it hard to believe that a guy that good that smart, that rich, isn't uh, hanging out with someone at night. Come on. <laughs> Come on. You don't think Aaron Rodgers is cold and lonely at the end of the night? You don't I think that's a problem it. for him? No. Yeah, that's, yeah probably not. It's, it's a problem for a lot of us dudes. It's probably not a huge problem for Aaron Rodgers. He could probably find someone to snuggle up to whenever, whenever he so pleases. We'll hit a quick break. On the other side, what's got you worried about the Rams on Sunday, Timmy? Actually, what's got you worried about the Packers on Sunday is a better question. It's Rami and Tim. We're on 1250 AM The Fan, and we're back right after this. Rami and Tim on 1250 AM, The Fan, Rami Makloff and Tim Allen, your new afternoon show here. I have no idea what Jeffrey Lurie, the Eagles owner, is talking about. I started to defend him yesterday when it came to firing Doug Peterson. I may have to take that back today. We'll get to that in just a few minutes. But Timmy, ahead of, and we're going to get much more into the game and the matchup between the Packers and the Rams as the week moves on, as long as we don't get canceled in the first week on the air. Uh, what concerns you, not, not about the Rams and what, what challenges they present, what they pose, what worries you after watching 16 games of Green Bay Packers football? Obviously look pretty good. You win the division, you go 13-3, and three, you get the number one seed. But what, going into this playoff run, do you look at and go, well, that could be a problem for the Packers. They, they, don't, they need to do that better if they're going to win a Super Bowl. 
Yeah, and, and we always start at the top with um, turnovers. And so you got to protect the football. It, regardless of what happens on that drive, you have got to protect the football. And they do that. You see the only uh, five interceptions for, for Rodgers. So for the most part, they do uh, pr- uh, take care of the football. Um, the other would be, you know, these, these other guys, I, I'm interested – and, and somewhat uh, concerned a little bit with the passing game of the other side of Adams. Because if it is Ramsey, and you're right, we'll, we'll get into that matchup in, in specifics later on this week, but that, that part of it then, it, then it puts the onus on an MVS. Is he, he going to drop a cinch touchdown pass, a game-breaker sort of, you know, maybe it's a 10-7 game at the time or a 7-3 game at the time, Packers up and, and you can take an 11 point lead just just grab the ball it's in your bread basket does he have the dropsies that would be another thing that would you know if I were to point out some concerns he would always have turnovers but in specifics the 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 Ramsey Adams matchup and then MVS uh, dropping a ball I mean you saw it the other day in the Chicago Bears game who knows what's going to happen the, the Saints did not run up the score uh, that day in that victory over, over the Bears. They, they didn't, you know, although Kamara had, you know, about 100 yards and a, and a touchdown, he was sort of can, contained a little bit. Uh, and for, if not for, for that drop in the end zone, Tim, that's, that, that game takes, not to say that the Bears would have won, but the, that play sort of yes. changed the whole game. If they, if they get a touchdown there, it changes the whole complexion of that football it, game moving it, forward. It does. Oh, no no doubt. And that's the thing. Does MBS have sort of that game-changing little bit of a drop right there? That, to me, is, um, is somewhat concerning. And then you always should be in that, not that you should play the game in fear, of injuries but that always plays a part um it just you you know you would you would hate to say it but you know with the concussion protocol these days you just never know on any given play you don't I'm pretty I'm pretty confident however with you know the the Green Bay Packers not losing their cool and we've seen it over Super Wildcard weekend here a couple of teams lost their cool and there was a lot of personal fouls uh you know, maybe uh, ejection uh, violation number one, and and some of these guys. Uh, and in fact, one of your one of your guys got thrown out. Was that Miller? That got yeah. that got thrown out. I mean, it, it, that I'm pretty confident in. Um, but those three elements for me, it's the Adams Ramsey, it's the turnovers, and MVS drop that just may you know maybe a slight or mild concern. So it's not the run defense, and I know that's looked better in the second half no. of the season. But for me, it's still it's still the run defense. And starting starting on Saturday with the Rams, Tim, because I know they don't have an Alvin Kamara or, or one of these the better backs who you're going to face if you move forward in the playoffs. But they have taken the ball sort of out of Jared Goff's hands. They started to do that before even the broken thumb. And you saw that even more last week. They're going to try and run the football down the Packers' throats on Saturday because. I think Sean McVay is losing trust in Jared Goff and feels like he has to go to the run game, and especially Jared Goff less than two weeks away, I think it'll be, even by the time they kick this football game off from from thumb surgery. I can speak as somebody who's had a broken thumb and thumb surgery. It's a long time before you have your actual full-strength grip back and can, can sling a football around. I could never sling it around like Jared Goff, but I'm just telling you I couldn't get back to what's 100% for me. And so mm-hmm. I, I think they're going to take the ball out of Goff's hands by design, by game plan, and try and run on the Packers. And I'm not convinced that that Packers run defense is fixed yet. They'll face tougher challenges in terms of a run game if if they move forward. But I, I think that the Rams are going to test that Packers run defense and see if what we saw in the second half of the season is for real or if Cam Akers and the rest of those guys yeah. can, can get off a few yards and, and move the football down the field. Yeah, I, I I take that Cam Akers. Um, I am going after the football early. If you can create a turnover against Cam Akers early, that rookie's going to check out on you. I don't I don't see him recovering from that. That that's a big blow, a big blast to his confidence level. He's been running good, and and I will say moving forward, he's going to be a nice back in the, in the uh, NFL and a nice back for the Rams, but. I, w- I would go after him early cause, because I do think that they're going to try and bog that game down. And as well, they should. I mean, they, they really should sort of, you know, clock management. I think, uh, I think Goff will and, and McVay will, 
will handle the clock management uh, as best they can. And it may just bring up through running game a lot of third and fives, a lot of third and, and fours, and maybe even threes in there. That's the key. Can the defense, there's another you know, concern. I, I don't know if I would call it that, but if I had to choose another one, it would be can the Packers' defense get off the field on third and four, third and five? Much more on this game as the week moves along on Rami and Tim on 1250 AM. And in addition to everybody asking me if the Brewers post-game show is still going to be around with the new lineup and, and Tim having his afternoons occupied with the Rami and Tim show, yes, that's sticking around. I've also gotten a lot of questions about what's happening with the Green and Gold post-game show. That's also sticking around on 1250 AM The Fan and on the statewide Big Show Network. It'll be Gary Ellerson, as it's always been, along with the one and only Steve Sparky Pfeiffer after this game and every game, as long as the Packers are alive here in 2021. With the with these changes, Rami, I I just I gotta say uh, one of one of my biggest concerns out of all of this. Do we do we have to break? I can I can tell you after the break because it is. You can tell I, me you know, after I the might break. Uh huh. I might be. You have concerns some... about the station, about yourself personally, about yeah, me, just, just and how about it affects something, me. What something that will be missing uh, coming up here, starting you know uh, April range, and and it's just it's making me lose sleep and. I just don't know what I'm going to do about it. Already? Uh, We're two days into this thing. You already have? Okay. We'll get into that right after this. It's Rami and Tim. Tim's got issues. I mean, he's always got issues. He's got a specific issue. We're back right after this on 1250 AM, The Fan, at Radio.com Sports Station. It's Rami and Tim on 1250 AM, The Fan, your new afternoon show. It's a Kim and LaVoy Judgment Day. This show needs a new name. We don't like Rami and Tim. It doesn't roll off the tongue. It doesn't have cachet. You know what I mean? It doesn't have panache, whatever that means. So we're looking for a new name for the show. Options are the two at two, Mackloff and Allen. People don't like those choices. Only 9.6 and 5.6% of the vote, respectively. Rami and the franchise at 42.8%, the Joker and the Smoker at 42%. Keep those votes coming in as we try and find a new name for this here radio program. Results of that vote are not binding. We need to clear it, well, through ourselves and then through everybody else. You have to clear these kind of changes through. It's a new show. It's a new lineup here on 1250 AM. The Fan, Bart Winkler pregame show with Ryan Horvath at 5. Bart takes over the mornings at 6. The big show is now statewide from 10 to 2 on the Big Show Network, and then you got us, 2 to 6, and Tim apparently already has issues with the lineup and or yeah. with the show. Yeah, there, there's something that I, I'm very disappointed about, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm working myself through all of this, and that's okay. I, I mean, people work way harder than I do for a living. I like, you know, what, you know what, Tim? I like that you're bringing whatever this is, whatever is troubling you, to the surface. And you're letting it out and you're talking it through because this, I've realized already two days into this experience that getting Tim to open up and bringing these things to the surface is going to be one of the challenges in us growing as a sh- beings to Malin. So I'm here for you, man. I'm here to listen to whatever it is that may be bothering you or what issues you may have here early in the process of the Rami and Tim show. So please, I'm all ears, my man. And it just dawned on me last night as I was, you know, mentally going through our new lineup and, you know, Horvat in the morning, Bart Winkler, and then the big show middays, and then us in the afternoon. And it just dawned on me last night through all of this process that I never really thought about it. And that is starting April 1st, the, the Milwaukee Brewers will kick off the 2021 championship season. That being said, mm-hmm. There are day games, and I am just so disappointed that the post game meets the big show will not exist anymore. I am, <laughs> I am beside myself that that is it's it's like I'm missing a part of me. A part of me was severed and thrown on the floor and stomped on because I don't get to do 
post-game meets the big show after a big Brewers victory on a Wednesday afternoon from American Family Field. I mean, I just, I can't, I'm losing sleep over it. I'm not eating properly. I may need some help with this. It just pains me to think that I will not have to do post-game meets the big show on a Wednesday or Thursday afternoon game. I just, wow, I, 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 I may cry. And here I thought you were opening up and being real. You know what I mean? Being sincere, letting us letting oh. us get a peek inside. That what's is, happening I mean, with that, Tim Allen? Th- th- I am letting my feelings. You don't out. miss that. You won't and miss that at all. You're glad to have the spotlight just, all to yourself. That's what you oh, want. That's man, what you've always I, wanted. You never wanted those guys around, and you don't want them around this year. <laughs> I, I I was I don't know. I just that that part I, I you said be honest and let your feelings out. So. I did, and that was just, um, out of all my years of broadcasting, that's only one of two parts where I've been just, it just hasn't been comfortable. I didn't like it. I didn't, uh, but I'll do my job, and I'll do it with a smile, and it had nothing to do with my friends on the big show. It had nothing to do with that. Uh It it was just Uh the combination that just, uh, quite frankly, some people liked it, not many, I don't think. Um, and it just was, yeah. So I'm, you know, hey, hey. Uh, we, we try things and, <laughs> and I just, wow, that, that was, uh, I'm going to crack open a few extra beers this weekend because of that. <laughs> <laughs> I liked it just because like, I, I, I can sense the tension. I don't know if that came through with everybody, but I, I, I can sense the tension that, if, that, that. I mean, how 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 honest and open are we being? I don't think anybody wanted to do that. I don't think anybody involved true, wanted true. to be doing the big show yes. means the post game show. If I'm being totally honest and transparent here about that whole thing, I don't think anybody wanted to be doing that while it was happening. To be totally and, and honest with you, yeah, just to catch some folks up that that, that aren't aware, doing the post game show on on daytime games many years ago and throughout the years, a good chunk of the years. Of the 15, it used to be a big show gets to clear out and, and in most cases just simply go home, okay? So you guys, and you were part of this, Rami, you, Sparky, Leroy, Gary, yeah. everyone got to literally, hey, uh, oh, Brewers got a day game, nice. Uh, you know, where's our dinner plans and all that. And that's It was fine. like a half I, day. It was like a half day at school. Yes, yes, yes it was. And, and I, I understand that, uh, but... Then after a while, it got to the point where Big Show's good, and we we're all well aware of that. And, and it was like, well, and we're not necessarily pitting postgame against the Big Show. That, that wasn't the intent here. But it was to combine the two to get the best of both worlds. You get, hey, championship season, right. smile, Milwaukee, and then you get, oh, it's a Big Show. And you get, you get <laughs> both of those. You, you do. And, and it just... It, and, and I don't know, I, I doubt that you guys uh, oh held it in personal regard that you had to stay. It wasn't my decision. Um, so it was I never like, cared, I, man. And I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that just to say. Now, I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy the half day. I didn't like getting off and actually seeing the sunshine after I got off of work. That's not something that happens too often when you host an afternoon show. So I'd be lying if I said I didn't enjoy that and appreciate that on the rare occasion that it happened. But once they said, this is what we're doing, because I did the post-game show with you for so many years, mm-hmm. Tim, it was like, okay, I was supposed to work till six anyways. Now I work till six and I get to hang out with Timmy a little bit, which which I enjoyed, but I, I definitely sensed the, uh, the tension Man, in the so room while different... I was involved and while I was a listener for sure. I, and just to give you the inner machinations of of you know what we did uh, post game meets the big show, it was and I'm again I don't dislike anybody that I work with <laughs> on that show I don't and I want to make that perfectly clear, but for the life of me it was one of the most futile things that I have done in this business I tried every tag 
I tried positive reinforcement. I tried involvement. I tried saying, you know, mentally, screw you. I'm doing my show. Jump aboard. If you don't want to talk, then sit there and bury your nose into your phone. I don't care. I'm doing my. And then I thought, well, that that's not going to be healthy for anybody. Let's involve them. I tried everything. I tried happy. I tried go at you. I tried funny. I tried hardcore analytics. I tried Brewers baseball having a beer of talking about fans. I tried topics. I tried subject matter. I tried being nice. I tried being mean. I tried being crabby. None of it in my estimation uh, seemed seemed to work. So, um, yeah. So I, I like the fact that post-game meets uh, Rami and Tim is, is, is going to happen this year. I don't think April we've crossed first. that bridge. I don't know if I stick around after a Brewers game or if I, <laughs> if I get a half day. I really don't know, Tim. I'm not sure. We'll, we'll just have to wait and see <laughs> yeah. what happens when the time comes. Hey, this segment powered by BetQL. Bet smarter and beat the books. Download the BetQL app today or visit BetQL.com today. I started now to defend Jeffrey up. Lurie and the Eagles for uh, firing Doug Peterson yesterday, and then Jeffrey Lurie went and started talking. And now I can't defend him anymore. It's the Rami and Tim show on 1250 AM The Fan, and we'll be back right after this. in that last segment <laughs> no that's I what i was so. waiting for i was waiting for that yesterday you were tippy toeing around tim trying not to stir the pot what i've always loved about you is that you do stir the pot and uh i just stand off to the side and giggle that's that's kind of my role in your whole no, stir I, I, I just don't at the station. I, 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 I don't want it to be too negative but i i definitely want it to be uh honest. did you get a and text I, I during the break that you think I, you went, well, maybe went too far? I, I do. I, I did. And, and I internalized it for a second there. And I went, ah, maybe I went too far. And I don't mean to offend anybody. Who texted but I do, you during I, the break? I, well, I, well, I just sat here and just <laughs> contemplated things. Um, but I, I, I want to make sure that I, you understand that it's from my perspective on uh, Post Game Meets the Big Show. Uh, it, was, it was really one of the top two futile things I've ever done in, in this business. I thought you were going to start to back off it. You're just doubling down. No, it's just from my perspective, <laughs> I couldn't get it to go the way I wanted it to. You know, I just, and, and then finally, it's just like, I threw my arms up and, and I went, oh, there's nothing I can do. Now it's a job. Now it's, now it's just a job. It's not a fun thing. It's not an entertaining thing. It's not an informed thing. It's just simply a job. I got to get through this. It's, it's an hour and a half, and we'll turn things back. Big Show Boys, you guys take it over from here till 6 o'clock, and smile, Milwaukee. The world will smile back. And then I go, oh, thank God that's over. I never wanted to be in this business to say, thank God it's over. And, and it was, Did you say that yesterday at 6 o'clock? Did you say, gosh, thank God, no. that's over? No, 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 not, no, not in a million years. Not in a million years. I'm, I'm convinced this is, this is fine. And, it, but, yeah, so. Yeah. Speaking of those guys from the big show, who you clearly don't like. Tim doesn't like any of those guys. Uh, yesterday, we were talking about Jeffrey, or talking about the firing of Doug Peterson by the Philadelphia Eagles. And I, I started to make a case for why it makes sense, because a lot of people are going, this guy just won a Super Bowl two years ago and blah, blah, blah. And what I said before Gary Ellerson called in and welcomed us into the time slot and then Tim just threw him under the bus today. What I started to say before Gary called in was that like a Super Bowl and especially when and I say this in air quotes, just one Super Bowl on your resume that's not like a lifetime pass to lose or to be dysfunctional, man. Like it, teams get hot at the right time. Teams, you know, they find their stride and they, they get hot at the right time. They go on a streak and it happens to be in December and January and they win a Super Bowl. It happens. That doesn't make every coach that's won a Super Bowl Vince Lombardi. So I, I was looking at it and going, maybe he did deserve to be fired. I don't know what was going on in that building or inside of that right. locker room. I don't know. I'm not just going to say he won a Super Bowl three years ago, so he deserves to keep his job. Maybe he deserved to be fired. And then Jeffrey Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, went and started talking today, and this is what he said. Doug is uh, family to me. You know, what can I say? You know, uh, um, so, so it, it's, you know, it, it's, 
even harder to make the tough decision with tough to somebody like that and that relationship and that relationship. But it goes with, with the territory. And if you want to be a leader and make the tough decision, sometimes you just sometimes have to uh, sometimes just have to look towards the future, try to evaluate things in an, as unemotional a, a path as possible uh, and a process as possible and arrive at a decision that uh, might make you very, might be very uncomfortable, but that you feel honestly, honestly, uh, my first allegiance is what will be best for the Philadelphia Eagles and our fans for the next three, four, five years. Um, it's not based, it's based on, on does someone deserve to hold their job or deserve to get fired? That's a different um, bar. Uh, um, very few, very people probably, probably after success deserve to uh, lose their job. Uh, this is much more about the evaluation of whether the Eagles moving forward, our best option is to have a new coach. And, and um, that that's really, really what it's about. Uh, it's not about um, did Doug deserve to be let go? No, he did not deserve to be let go. That's not where I'm coming from. And that's not the bar uh, in the evaluation process. He did not deserve to be let go, Tim, but we let him go. That, yeah. like, dude, you just... Do the do the dance that every owner or GM does every time a coach is fired. We just give the old. It, we just felt it was time to go in a new direction. I'm not saying he had to throw Doug Peterson under the bus, but if you're a Philadelphia Eagles fan today and you're going, how did we just fire this guy after a pretty good run and he brought the first Super Bowl to the city? You don't want to hear today. It's not about did Doug deserve to be let go? No, he did not deserve to be let go. That. That's the absolute, and I kind of get what he's saying, Tim, but that's the wrong thing to say. Like, PR 101, he just failed that miserably. Just just own your decisions. And and again, the business world is tough, and, and we all have to make tough business decisions. And it's okay to own those decisions. And, and as the owner... You know, you, should, you shouldn't have to justify it, although we like, as fans and as broadcasters, we like more information and what went into this and, and how it went. But, I, I mean, it, it's sort of, the, sort of the times we have here, and that is you just have to be nice to everybody, uh, even in the business world, when it has nothing to do with liking or disliking. It's just business. We're just doing business. That being said, I wonder, Rami, the, the first thing I thought of when he got fired is, you're right, you said it there, and that is, man, he just won a Super Bowl three years ago. Is this the shelf life of uh, an NFL coach to some of these owners? And he said it right there. It obviously is. Whoever is the hire in Philly, you're on the clock three to five years or you're gone. Because he just said it for the next three to five, four to five years. You know, this is better for the Philadelphia Eagles and their fans. Um so you're on the clock right there. But I wonder also, taking a little bit deeper, if that tank game had anything to do with this. And if indeed it came from the top, I know uh, Peterson has you know, had some comments on that. Um, you know, removing, removing uh, who was it, Hertz for Slocum or whatever the kid's name was. And, and sort of tanking that game for a better draft choice was the, was the thought there. I, it seems a little funky to me that that occurred. The, he gets a Super Bowl win three years ago. They have a four-win season. They have a hurt or a downsized Carson Wentz. A lot of moving parts in Philly. And then they go ahead and they make the move. And then the owner, the guy that makes the move, says he didn't deserve it. That's a weird thing to say the day after you fired somebody is that they didn't deserve to be fired like that. That and again, I get what he was saying in context, but that's just that's just not what you say, man. It's just from a PR standpoint, that is not what you say. I think more than and that that might have factored into it the decision to pull Jalen Hurts from that game and in all for all intents and purposes waving the white flag on that game that might have had something to do with it but I think this goes back more to 
Carson Wentz and his relationship with Doug Peterson, Tim, because we heard reports after the after their season was over that Carson Wentz felt like the relationship with Doug Peterson was irreparable, that it was broken and, and that it couldn't be fixed between those two guys. And everybody thought, well, that means that Carson Wentz is on the trade block now with the huge contract that he just signed a few years ago. But maybe Jeffrey Lurie and the Eagles went with the quarterback. They, they said, we, we have to choose between the quarterback and, and the coach. That, that relationship is broken. And they went with the quarterback. And would you blame them for that? Like Carson Wentz's performance the last couple of years and all the injuries aside, the guy looked pretty damn good before it started to hit the fan form. And it kind of started to hit the fan form in his rookie year. But before that, I mean, he was a legit MVP candidate right off the bat coming into this league. If I'm a franchise and I have to make that choice and I still believe in, in Carson Wentz and that he has a bright future in this league and I got to choose between the quarterback with the bright future in this league or the coach who has three years experience. And yes, he won a Super Bowl, like I said, but a lot of coaches have won Super Bowls who aren't Vince Lombardi. I'm probably going with the quarterback, aren't you? And if that's true, if, if, if that is true, that Carson Wentz is, is more valuable to upper management than would be the head coach, then it has to lend some credence to any conspiracy that was, and maybe there's a little bit more than conspiracy, with regards to McCarthy and Rodgers' relationship toward the end there, that then they decided at, at the end of the day to side with, if there are sides here, and again, we're just paralleling here, uh, the side with uh, Aaron Rodgers, is that the trend now to go with your franchise quarterback as opposed to your head coach? Wouldn't you? I would consult with, with all, all of them. And I, I've said that from the start. I would, if I have a franchise quarterback, I want him in the loop. I don't need to announce to the media uh, and I don't need to announce to the fan base that I'm consulting or at least having conversations with the quarterback and the coach, and the GM, and, and all parties included here. Uh, boy, I got some grief uh, last time when, when I um, made the comment that I certainly would consult with Aaron Rodgers on, on particular systems or philosophies when going after a head coach. And, and I would have. And as still to this day, I'll stand by that. And I got killed on that, Rami. Uh, you can't let the employees tell the employer what to do, and you can't. When you have a franchise quarterback, it's a win-today world in the NFL, isn't it? I mean, it it really is. Now, there's a balance involved there that there has to be good coaching, a good system, and just the right stars that line up. But when you have a franchise quarterback, you can't let that window close without at least communicating with them. Maybe it is the trend in the NFL to communicate with what they deem as, and some people wouldn't with Carson Wentz, but what they deem as their franchise moving forward. If I have what I believe to be a franchise quarterback and he says the relationship with the coach is broken, I'm almost every time sticking with the franchise quarterback and showing the coach the door. Because uh, a, a franchise quarterback single-handedly puts you in the conversation every year. Aaron Rodgers, when he's mm-hmm. right and healthy, wins the Packers 10 games. The, the other three games that they got, that was the rest of that roster and Matt LaFleur and everything else that goes into it. Aaron Rodgers, on his own, when he's healthy and right, is good for 10 games. So if I'm the Eagles and I think Carson Wentz is good for 10 wins for the remainder of that mega contract that they just gave him, but Carson Wentz says, yeah, I won't be doing that with Doug Peterson, it's been real, Doug Peterson, but we're moving on. And maybe that's what Jeffrey Lurie meant really mm-hmm. deep down when he said he didn't deserve to be fired. Maybe Jeffrey Lurie was saying, yeah, we think Doug Peterson's probably a good head coach, but it wasn't going to work with this quarterback. And so we chose the quarterback. So, and and, I, and the, the good head coaches will, will just cut that off right away. Could you imagine uh, saying Andy Reid doesn't get along with Patrick Mahomes? No. I mean, you know, and Andy's been around the block a time or two, and maybe even even it doesn't have anything to do with age. I think it's got everything to do with uh, people skills. It does, and that that's part of being a, a good leader. And and Lafleur and I truly believe this. Lafleur and Rogers had additional communication beyond what anybody knows, beyond what all of us know, maybe even beyond what their bosses know. I think they've been communicating. I I just do, and and you can see that relationship shine. But I. I to some, 
it may be a concerning trend in the NFL if if now not to you and not to me maybe because there's room to room to talk here and communicate but it's a troubling trend if the quarterback as an employee gets their way over the coach which which in all intents and purposes is the employer but I don't even know if that's getting his way he's if if Carson Wentz is just saying look this isn't gonna work is he getting his way when they when they fire Doug Pearson I think Carson Wentz would have happily gone and played somewhere else at least I I haven't seen anything that said keep me here and fire Doug Peterson no. from the Carson Wentz camp. I haven't seen that. He just said like this isn't going to work. This is broken and and I don't and I don't think it can be fixed. So if I got to go play somewhere else, then send me somewhere else. But the Eagles said, "You know what? No, we're going to keep you right here and show Doug Peterson, give him his walking papers and and I don't wow. blame him. I I really don't. There are questions out there about Carson Wentz. But if I'm the Eagles and I'm sold on that guy, and apparently they are because they paid him a boatload of money, I stick with that guy. How, we'll hit how, a quick break. Sorry, go ahead, what, Tim. What real quick, what, what would have had to have happened that Carson Wentz doesn't get along with someone? And, and I don't know Carson Wentz. I, I've never talked to him. But isn't he a, a man of faith and he's a, a, you know, a real uh, wholesome sort of dude you you won't find him in some of the shenanigans that other nfls are into Tim, That's I've, uh, at least to my I've gotten, knowledge i've gotten some tweets from some dudes who if you look at their bio they're men of faith they're men of god they're fathers they're everything that we all like to hold up as virtuous in society and they're just saying some awful awful things and being terrible people not just to me but to people more sensitive and with thinner skin than me okay. so okay. I don't, i'm I not gonna take throw it out there I'm not going to take what I see on the... I don't know Carson Wentz. And I'm not saying that everybody who claims to be a, a man or a woman of faith is is hiding something and it's just a facade or a front. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I don't I don't take that as the end-all be-all and go, well, this guy must be great and easy to get along with. That's that's not always the case. I mean, in, in the real world, in all reality, that's, that is not always the case. Good news for Packers fans, though, and that's that one team in the division should have done what the Eagles did and they didn't. And this division will be the Packers for the foreseeable future. We'll tell you why right after this. It's Rami and Tim on 1250 AM The Fan and the Radio.com Sports app. Did Doug deserve to be let go? No, he did not deserve to be let go. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. 